0: Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Season 11, Episode 2, Alex DeCampi. Hello there everybody and welcome along to Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. My name is Leonard Sultana and each and every Sunday we talk comics, comic cons and all the stuff and nonsense we get to enjoy at such events. If however we've got ourselves a special guest we kind of foreshadow all of that and we put it in the background because we then focus on the person that we're talking to which is very exciting for me today because we've got a very special guest and I know that um, uh, it's a very busy uh, time for this particular guest because She's always got things on the go. I mean, if you ever look on her social media or if you look at just what she uh, puts out on various medias, um, yeah, she's a busy busy, busy bee. So it's good to have uh, our special guest uh, for today. We have Alex DeCampi uh, joining us. How the devil are you?
1: I'm good. I'm. I'm. Uh, you the first. To, like I'm. I'm actually in my new house outside New York City, um, and if you, it's a bit echoey because uh, everything is in boxes and I haven't unpacked yet. Um.
0: Listen, it's great to have you on the show, and it's great to see the new house. Well, I mean, you're looking so. Like, I mean, I know that the the usual thing is that moving houses were the most stressful things that you can do in your life. Apparently. Um, but you, like I say, you keep yourself pretty busy anyway. So I'm just, is this one of, is this been something that you can actually use to relax? Perhaps <laughs> as a, a thing to I mean, do to kind of chill out?
1: No, I mean, the part of it is that we're still, we still have the apartment in Manhattan and we have this house and the apartment in Manhattan is, is going on the market very soon. So I had to tidy everything before I left Um, So the photographer could come in. And the thing about when you put an apartment, a New York City apartment on the market is like, it has to look like no one lives in it. Like it has to be incredibly minimal and surfaces have to be clear, like not how normal people live. So just, you know, just uh, the past two months we've been taking things up to this house and stuff. Like my my poor daughter, I'm like, if you're not gonna use it until the summer, it can come with us. Um, And just taking little things uh, every, every, every week in the back of our teeny tiny car. Um, and then this week just like sweeping everything off surfaces and putting it in tote bags the so photographers could move around and just, and you know, full top to toe clean on top of a full-time job, on top of comics writing deadlines, um, on top of being a single mom. So I don't sleep. <laughs> like <I'm> working, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I work a lot with Cliff Wazinski. We've got a book called Scrapper coming out in April, That the, the collection of an image miniseries we did together. And he's like, do you, do you actually ever sleep? And I'm like, mm.
0: Yeah. So uh, I mean, your, your
1: I output is to write the final arc of Full Tilt Boogie, which I've said I would have done at the beginning of February, and I've got enough of it done, but I want to get ask it all done this week. Wow! Otherwise, it just crashes into other deadlines. I need to hand a book off to Hassan for lettering, and there's I have to do things with the pages and do the final lettering scripts. I normally letter myself, and it's just, it's a lot and unpack.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it, like I, I follow your social media. I know exactly how manic it can get. Uh, you do keep you're, you're a lot of plates spinning, so it's great. I mean, is that something that you you enjoy having that many pro- kind of projects on the go, or that many things kind of happening, or do you like to focus on a, a project until it's done to completion? How how do you, how how is your process like that?
1: I mean, I always joke, and this is horribly misogynistic, but I always joke that like um, you need a wife project and a mistress project, and the wife pro- and mistress project is a project you run away to when the wife project's like too hard, and then eventually you give the wife project to your publisher marry your mistress and create a job vacancy. So I always have at least two projects going on at once, um, and then I will you know forget about something or I will agree to do some work for hire, which I almost never do um and then i'll find myself with a third or fourth project on top of that you know like like last year was supposed to be parasocial and bad karma and then cliff calls me up and it's like hey do you want to do a book together i'm like sure that sounds really fun and it's a it's a um post-apocalyptic we sort of like started this whole trend towards like adventure pet stories that is now happening with like that series at boom and tom king's work for hire series and all that um and um you know it was was something i hadn't done before because i i you know, I, I just as much of a full on like action, all ages, like highly sort of, like emotional, fun story. Um, there it is. It's a gorgeous hardback, Nin- 1999, comes out from Image on April 24th, and it's like 200 pages. Um, lovely rap cover as well. Um, And so that was a lot of fun. So I said, yes. And then that was a monthly series and I don't do monthly series. I don't do monthly series for a reason. And it nearly killed me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I think that one of the ways I managed to have multiple projects going on at once is um, I I make graphic novels like, you know, like, and the book comes out when we're done, you know. (laughs) So I can balance a few things, or you know, if an artist has something come up in their life and they need more time to do something, it's fine. Like I, I'm fine. I'll just start writing something else. We'll work on a novel, you know. Work, you know. Um, but the the monthly schedule was was hard, uh, very hard. Um, and I don't think I'll do it again. Actually, I, I I I just like putting out a book. Um. So that that was like. Brief reflirtation flirtation with monthly. I still do, um, you know, stuff for AD. I've got a series sure. running frog at once. Okay, right now, in fact, um, Full Tilt Boogie, the second arc of it. Um, and I'm writing the third arc now. But with the Full Tilt Boogie stuff, I just write the entire arc, you know, and hand it off to Ed, and Ed draws it when he has time, and then we deliver the entire arc to AD, and then they schedule it and publish it. So I just like that as a, as a working method. It it, it it is forgiving towards what is an often unforgiving schedule that I keep. Sure. Um, I'm frustrated. I've got a project with Tom Fowler um, and I really want to start it. I've done all the research. We've done the outline. We've done the breakdowns and I just haven't had a moment to write it. Um, and that's that's, that's you. my frustration is I want to finish Full till Boogie and finish this, this lettering script for Hassan and then I can start on this other project with Tom, which is a medieval heist novel, a heist book, graphic novel.
0: You always manage to surround yourself with some of the most extreme talent. It's just it you. It's an embarrassment of riches when you look through your uh, the bibliography and you see the three people you work with. It's just uh, incredible. Uh, Tom, often uh, they
1: approach me. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I was arsing about on God the thing formerly known the, the hill site formerly known as Twitter about set stories set in the middle ages and i was like why are they doing all these dumb rape revenge stories and where the woman's a pawn and like why don't we just have a good heist book and why don't we put it around like this historic event and just tom just pops up in my replies and goes i draw that i'm like like when tom fowler (laughs) pops up in your replies and goes i draw that there is one answer and one answer only that is yes yes Um, very much work well together henderson and i work well together you know um and then some of it's just been blind luck. Like I got to do a story with John McRae in the in the Dread um, uh, sort of Battle crossover that happened a couple a couple months ago in 2008. John loved it, because I sent it to him. I'm like, John, you don't have to draw any backgrounds, and you get to draw lots of gruesome monsters. He's like, Yes, this is the best script ever. Because of course, in in all of the uh, 2000 AD stuff, a lot of it's Megacity 1 and you can you have to draw backgrounds in Megacity 1 because the point of Megacity 1 is it's incredibly detailed. Um, and where I set the story, which was Dead World, it was like, it, like, the background is fog. There are a couple of rocks. Go for it, John. He's like, yes. Um, and then I got to do something with, um, gosh, who else I worked with recently? Um <sighs> <laughs>
0: Is this no. where you really start running out because there's just so many <laughs> running out names?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, Ryan Howe, who did Bad Karma with me, um, and Tony Stella, who did the cover for Bad Karma who was a famous, famous illustrator. You know, we just kind of knew each other on social media. And sometimes you just go up to people and like, hey, would you have time to do this? And again, the thing about a graphic novel is I can be like, it's going to take me a year to write this, <laughs> um, you know, do you want to spend a couple of years noodling away on it around other projects for the shitty page rate I can pay you up front? And then we split all the proceeds and ownership and image. And they're like, sure. Um, you know, sometimes going to people and saying, you know, I have a monthly, even a six 6 issue monthly takes a lot more scheduling than, hey, I have a graphic novel that you can do around other things. And Bad Karma is massive. Bad Karma is like a 310 page book. Yeah. It's a doorstop like that. Hang on. Sorry. Just... A thing, it's
0: well i mean safe to say the one thing that i mean certainly from the books that um uh, i have of yours and i've got a couple just to hand uh, yep. i mean you don't do small books No,
1: that, I don't, I don't.
0: that, that there could do some damage <laughs> yeah
1: no and no, like parasocial like you know which is yeah I mean, in what you would consider a
0: smallish book, I mean, true, that could take out a mid-sized cow at speed. Yeah, yeah that, that could do some... True War Stories is a reprinted
1: image. Um, you heard it here first. Um, so both Maddie and True War Stories got greenlit to be reprinted an image because they came out during the pandemic. And then yes. the two almost immediately pivoted to only doing music books and not doing creator own stuff anymore. Which is fine. Like, you know, and I, I, I wish them only the best. They gave me all the rights back gave me the rights back to Bad Karma as well, which they paid mostly for. Um, so, but we're gonna, it's been a few years and we're gonna reprint the books and, and they'll be available digitally as well, which they they were not before because z 2 didn't have a digital thing. But Eric's allowing me to put them out again, which I'm really psyched about because I'd love to do a, a sequel to True War Stories. It just, oh, wow. that book had almost like, you know, zero editorial support. Like it was me and Kai against, you know, with you know, with a production department that was actively undermining us in terms of just screwing oh, up wow. most like basic, you know, you'll notice the cover of True War Stories. The hardback is slightly off center.
0: Yeah, but,
1: yeah, that's because um, they didn't send me a spot. Uh, they didn't send me a. I actually, I actually thought,
0: I actually thought that was kind of like to do with the wrap round, as it were? As, yeah. Well, no, what it was,
1: was they didn't send me a case template. When you're doing a hardback case, you get a, te- the printer sends you a template, you pass it on to whoever's doing layout. They never sent me one, even though I asked for it repeatedly. Then when I was in the middle of traveling, they said, oh, the spines a different width than we thought it was. Can you send it, redo, redo a version, like with, a, with the correct spine width? And I'm like, I'm on the road, I literally can't. Can you just do the spine width yourself? It's not that hard a thing. And they went, sure. And what they did was just stretch the spine box. They didn't move everything else over with it when they expanded the spine, which is like kind of graphic design 101. Like that's like embarrassingly one, like that's an embarrassingly low level fuck up. Um, And I was like, come on. And I finally got it. I'm like, come on, guys. Like I I had you do one thing. and I hadn't let them touch any of the other designs. I I knew that um, their designer was self-taught and was just like. Oh, boy. Didn't know the difference between an extended version of a font and a regular. Didn't understand. Didn't know that there was a, like a, a do not hyphenate button in in the paragraph part of like Photoshop and Illustrator, so you could force it not to hyphenate weird things at the end of at the end of um, lines. Like it was just like, you know, and and I was so used to image, like, because everyone says oh, image shows nothing for you, which is a lie. Image does some of the best copy editing in the business because um, Image doesn't like when you're like when your books have mistakes in them. Um, so like you get fantastic copy editing, um, and then you um, they also have an amazing design department. But that what they will do is they will send you the case template and they will make sure that like everything is going to work. And if they think it's not going to work, they call you and they're like, yeah, like your layout's kind of fucked. You need to do this or that. And if I had said to them, look, can you, you know, if I had, if I had said to the image production department, look, I'm really sorry, I'm traveling. I I can't do the adjustment with the spine width. They'd be like, all right. And then they do it and it would be perfect. And they check with all the lines up with it, because some of these hardbacks like with the actual like the the full part of the hardback, like if there's a little bit of design fiddliness around there. And it would have been flawless. And I was so used to that as like, you know, as a kind of like a, a low level standard for like a basic um production hurdle to get over like I just assumed that I was dealing with professionals and I was not dealing with professionals and then I, my cover came back off center and I'm like some things you can never forgive.
0: No. That's, that's, <laughs> but, you know, that's I love the book, good. it's still
1: a beautiful book and um, you know I, I, and I still have of course because I have all of the production files because I did all the lettering and pre-press myself it's very easy to pass it on to a new publisher um, and I'm well, excited I mean, to release because there were a lot of people who couldn't get it because it, it wasn't it wasn't available digitally.
0: I, I can imagine this was especially. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of Zed too. I thought, um, I, I mean, certainly what they did with Maddie, I thought that was a great production. Thought that was. I mean, this was a very. I mean, we had Kai on uh, mm-hmm. the show uh, during uh, pandemic and when this book was coming out. Yep. And um, even just from talking to Kai, it's a very personal book to her, but it's also very personal book for yourself as well you yeah. really want to draw heart and soul and you do with all of the, the books that you you put out uh, or certainly with the stories i've read it's all heart and soul there's it's all there on the page this one has, it must have been a yeah, special especially
1: one. yeah no i really wanted it i really wanted it to be well produced and i really wanted to have like wide distribution um and you know the print quality is lovely um it'll be nicer from image because they're they, they have a really good hardback printer um, as you probably saw from Bad Karma and, and Parasocial, yeah. but yeah, my my principle is always that like every book I produce, I want to be okay with that being the last book that I ever produce, because in comics it very well could be. So That's a, I very
0: good. I like that philosophy.
1: I don't. I don't like. There's enough mediocre crap out there already. Like I'm not just going to put out um, con- content. Or high concept crap that I'm hoping to get optioned or something like. that. they're like, I, don't, I literally do not have time for that. <laughs> like I have too many other competing demands in my life. Like if I have to go happily to the page, I have to really want to produce it because every book is a struggle. Um, and because every book is a struggle, every book could be my last. You know, I'm incredibly fortunate that Image continues to like support my bullshit. Um, you know, I I have a publisher. I'm very lucky um, because they're. I, I will I will not publish with anyone who takes secondary rights, which leaves me with two publishers.
0: Yeah.
1: In monthly comics, like Image, mean, some Dark Horse contacts. Heard Mad Cave is all right. They're still a bit young. I don't publish with young companies because they tend to die, blow up. That's right.
0: I mean, I I don't know. The behind the scenes as much as i would like to certainly when it comes to say 2008 which is why uh i was i'm always interested about the fact that you you've done the, the work with 2008 i don't know what the the split down is i mean i know that you've got a great working relationship with image just i was very yeah, curious it's
1: only like sort of the only gig i'll take where i don't own it um you know they 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 don't do creator owned anymore um wow. Which is fine. Like I don't do a lot with them. I, you know, um, they call me up to do stories occasionally. Um, I'm very bad at pitching editors. Like so I never pitch editors. Like the only time you see me working for an editor, they the, the editor has contacted me, and that's you know that that's very much beside the norm because normally, um, you know, you have to like keep sending your books to editors and be like, oh, I'd really love to write long shot, like you know, like. Uh, I, I don't, I really don't want to write a long shot, I don't want to write any of it, like it's 70 bucks a page, fuck that, like it's not enough money for the amount of time I'm going to spend on it and the and the, and, this, and, and, the, and the amount of lack of time anyone else is going to spend, yeah. you know, like, yeah. um, but, you know, th- those editors are so overwhelmed, they're just like pushing content out the door as fast as they can, with very little time to actually make sure that any of it, it is is worth it. Um, how so, much yeah, do you really I, enjoy? The i, I, I love I love the monthly series. like I have the the weekly series format. I really enjoy, you know, taking a five page story and like dumping a double page s- spread in the middle of it, and like f- this feeling of great space in a very compressed amount of pages um is fun to play with, like the illusion of space. Um but you know, I, i'm I'm happy as I am. I just like just quietly like, Working on two or three graphic novels at a time in the background, and eventually they come out.
0: Yeah, I mean, just for the people who perhaps are watching this on um, a platform that maybe may not be too familiar with uh, Alex's work. I mean, certainly if you uh, look for Alex on uh, uh, Google, and you'll see Video Director as the kind of like the first thing that comes up. But you'll you'll <laughs> see that yeah. I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> I mean, I. There's loads of other There's things you've got to do. It seems like it. editing seems to be a real passion. That, so like taking apart and, sort like re-engineering and reconnecting elements. It seems like it's something that you really, really get in, into.
1: I mean, the, the shooting, shooting music videos and editing them and producing them taught me a lot about writing comics. I know that, you know. The, the printed page and video are two completely separate mediums. Um, however, you know having to storyboard music videos and figure out like cutting from a medium to medium just like it's never nice like it, it's all you know, like you want you want to differ your shot sizes when you use a high angle, when you want to use a low angle like you know when you know like the, understanding the language of cinematography in an innate way made me much better at visual pacing in comics. and if you see one of my comic strips, um, they're, they're very, very complete, all paneled, all dialogue, suggestions of shot sizes, suggestions of angles, you know, notes on and then I give it to the artist and it's got this big thing in italics at the top that says like, feel free to ignore any of this. You know, like I don't <laughs> care. Like all I've done here is put in a baseline visual pacing so I can make sure the story works visually and I've done my job. If you have a good day and you wake up and you're like, this is rubbish, I have a much better idea, you should do it. Like, and then, because I can letter on top of it, and I'm gonna change, like, even even if they draw exactly what I write, which never happens, because if I was that perfect, I'd be rich and retired now. um, I'll change the dialogue anyway when I'm lettering it, because sometimes, you know, sometimes like I was a little bit lazy four months ago when I wrote it, or like a year ago more frequently. Um, sometimes the dialogue becomes unnecessary. Sometimes, you know, I'll add sound effects, I'll remove sound effects. Like sometimes like, you know, someone picks up some keys and you want it to be obvious that the keys are in the hand. So you put a little sound effect next to the keys. So your eye goes to those letters and it's like, yeah. oh, the keys. Whereas if you didn't put the letters there, that the, you're not breadcrumbing it well enough for the, um, reader to notice that unless it's something you don't want them to notice at that moment in time. Sometimes you do that. You don't want them to notice it. So they read through and like, you know, the gun is in the hand. And you're like, Oh, when did they pick it up? And you saw it was clear on the page. You just didn't notice it. Um, that's a lot of fun.
0: Um, I'd, you know, I'd love there, to read your script. i clear. I'd love to read your script for for Maddie, because it does I mean, I said this when I did a a review, a breakdown of the book when it arrived, because I wanted to do a a video review for it, and it does read incredibly cinematically. And when, of course, it's been put together with uh, Duncan as well, I mean, I'd love to know what that script looked like when it was actually put together and how your writing style and his writing style, because then, of course, you've got some artists uh, in that book which are staggeringly visual and they want to put that I can imagine put their own very distinctive stamp on it I mean that must have been a hell of a thing to kind of uh coordinate at the best of times
1: yeah, um the funniest thing is we we had on two young artists um, for parts of it who both flaked out like all the old standards like one of them flaked out so we got Tom Bisley we got Simon Bisley in. Um, <laughs> oh,
0: okay if you've got if you got someone in the background, yeah, Simon Bisley. <laughs> yeah, just right. just um, in the right. else, the
1: other one flaked out and we got Raj Gogera in from Scout. Uh um, wow. who's a personal friend, um who knocked it out of the park. So third wow. person flaked, who was it? And we replaced them with Oh, God. I can't remember, um, but we placed them with another like absolutely legendary artist, which is was, which was kind of funny So we were like, let's give these new people, like let's give some young artists like a place in this, and they all just like didn't get their shit done. Wow! Um, and then we called up Intimidate. like you know, who, Simon's famous for like taking a wee while because he paints it, and Simon was bang on time.
0: Intimidation, maybe. I mean, maybe they saw the sort email email chains and saw like, who on earth who who else are we talking to who else is on the in this book?
1: We weren't uh, doing group email chains because like because there's always there's always at least two people who don't understand. They should never reply all. Um, if we did group email chains like for something like the finance stuff and 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 royalty payouts, it was all BCC because I just you know like. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, like, it just, you know. It, it happened. One thing was one, one, yeah, one artist, she quoted me a rate. I said, that's not enough money. I'm paying you $300 a page, not $200. Um, and I'll give you, I'll extend your deadlines. I know you've got another deadline. And then, the, you know, the deadline was coming up. And I'm like, can I have some layouts, please? She's like, oh, I can't do it.
0: Unreal unreal okay well I'll tell you what let's um bring it up to a little bit more up to date um because uh we've got uh, uh i mean we've got a comment certainly about uh, uh, a book that uh, like i say we have mentioned bad karma which is a hell of a thing and um yeah the comments are coming in thank you very much indeed to everybody for uh, any questions and any comments that you have i mean into the blue mr saying that bad karma book uh, rates very well on my Akira scale <laughs> so uh, yeah uh, well i think he's talking about for size uh, oh, I think yeah. he's talking about the actual scale of the actual thing, maybe no. not the actual uh, the, the, the the content of it. Uh, I mean, like I so say, you've got plenty of uh, books that um, are doing their own. Full Tilt Boogie bo- bo- as well. Dracula Motherfucker as well, which was um, uh, one of my uh, uh, favourites. Yeah. Uh, any uh, any special memories about that and working with uh, Erica Henderson on that? Because uh, that's another book that you kind of really swang for the fences on.
1: Yeah, I mean... Um... you know, I, I mean, I, Erica and I just had a lot of fun doing it. You know, I, I kind of, this, some, some books come slowly, some books come at you in a fever dream of a week's work and Dracula Motherfucker was was one of the ladders. It just like came out um, and I think I'd left enough room in it that Erica could just experiment visually in a way which, you know, I, I thought it was stunning. I loved her color choices. Like they absolutely make the book. Um, and what I loved is like you know it basically it, it it operated as a showpiece for Erica's art and I and I thought after that was she's going to get so much work doing like really interesting because before that she was she was mostly known as the Squirrel Girl artist and that's not yeah. to do on Squirrel Girl Squirrel Girl is an amazing achievement and a really really fun book um, but it's a you know it's a it's a middle, it's a middle grade you know comedy book uh, and she's continued to do books like that with with Ryan North with the the, the primary author of Squirrel, writer of Squirrel Girl. Um, but I thought after Dracula Motherfucker, she'd get, you know, a whole bunch of other offers of, like, interesting stuff, um, more grown up, more visually innovative. And, like, she just didn't. Like, I don't, I mean, I think she's also, after after finishing Squirrel Girl, I think she's, like, really kind of stepped off doing work for Marvel um, yeah. out of preference. Um, I think she'll do the odd thing for DC. I think she's done a couple of Harley Quinn things in, in a, some one of their regular anthology books that I can't keep track of. Um, and they've been very well received, but like, you know, I, I'm surprised that nobody else has really grabbed on to Erica and said, let's do something absolutely buck wild because she can do it. And the funnier, And and then, you know, you look at Parasocial next to that, which is like Dracula motherfucker, like there's a different location every spread pretty much. It moves along like that um, and there's no mm-hmm. breath to it. And then Parasocial is, uh, you know, a, a very large part of it takes place in two rooms. And that was kind of a fun thing for us in trying to make sure that like, the location didn't become oppressive. Uh, I mean, it was the location was supposed to be oppressive and claustrophobic, but like it, it didn't, you know, it, uh, continually figuring out how, how we keep the visuals fresh of these two people kind of circling each other in this very claustrophobic space. Um, and that was, that was a lot of fun. Like I, I'm, I'm very pleased with Parasocial. Um, you know, I think the ending of it is one of the best things I've ever written. Um, just from how unexpected it is. And there are kind of like multiple twists at the end. Yes. Um, uh, that was
0: That's a very good word to so describe it.
1: Um, yeah, more endings than Johnny Toe's election. Um, But yeah, and and we're slowly working on a third book. Okay. uh, Which is tentatively called The Intruder after Claire Denise film, because we are nothing if not incredibly stuffy and pretentious. (laughs) Um, The film inspired the book in many ways, but it's very different from the film. Um, I like Claire Denise a lot. Um, But yeah, I don't I'm not even done. I'm not even anywhere near, I'm not even halfway through the script on that one. Again, it's just, it's just been time. Like this has been a a rough year in a lot of ways, uh, time-wise. I've had a a terminal illness in the family. I've, you know, like I've been moving house. Like it's just been, I started a new job, which I love um, and which allows me the freedom to kind of pick and choose my comic commitments. Cause I, you know, and also gives me healthcare, get healthcare. you know, and that's always been very important for me is like, as you can imagine, is, is picking and choosing the things I really want to work with that I, can, that I can bring my whole heart to and that I can make as compelling as possible.
0: Uh, with the, 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 the art styles between um, Parasocial and uh, Dracula Motherfucker. I mean, like you say, you re- Erica really is so like, um, she's at play, she, you can tell there's a real freedom with what she's doing on page and there's a real kind of uh, sense of, okay, I'm, I want to try something new. I want to do something else with it. Is that what you're encouraging with this third book as well? Is that, oh, yeah. let, oh, yeah. let, let Erica run free?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the point. Like, you just point Erica at things, like try to find something. That, once you find something that interests her, you point her at it and you say, off you go. And then, um, you know, she started working in spreads for Dracula Motherfucker and then she did that in Parasocial and she'll do color roughs for her spreads and then I will let her on top of those color roughs and then she'll get them back and she can see kind of where the, where the thought are going where the bubbles are going and like where the sound effects are she can critique my sound effects um uh and um you know and then it's just, it's a very it's a very calm pleasant process making a book with Erica I think I mean you know I've been lucky in that um you know pretty much all the artists I worked with this year like Erica Uh, Ryan and Dee on Bad Karma, which was an incredibly laid back experience. I mean, while Dee was in absolute hell over some color work on books that he wasn't getting paid and like was, you know, people were saying they were gonna give him a 28 page book and then handing him a surprise 64 page book with the same deadline and then not getting paid for that. You know, and then, you know, Ryan and Dee and I were just like, Making this book really calmly and peacefully, and everyone was getting paid on, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, like they got the the pages got done when they got done, and nobody rushed. And if someone else had to go do something for a month, that was fine. And um, and you look back on those books as something really wonderful, like just because the, the process of making them was so artistically enjoyable. Same thing with Erica, um, you know, working with Ryan Kelly, who's an absolute delight on, and who can draw anything. Like he needs to be drawing dread; he really does um yeah on on scrapper and his stuff was bang on time and you know like that was that was great fun um i'd love to do a book with ryan like where we actually start like from the beginning working it up together but i'm not gonna have time i'm I'm not gonna have time for that for a while because i'm just spoken for
0: yeah well i mean that was i'm going to kind of lead into something that I would usually do at the beginning of my interviews or my beginning of my conversations which is uh, conventions because I know that when you've emailed and we've talked and you've said that you, you don't That's do not the worst I don't go to conventions you, like, you, don't have, you don't have time to go to conventions you don't have Time to. Do mean, you know, I'm
1: a single mom I have well I now only have one dog because the other dog passed away but um and a cat um so anytime I go to a convention um it's incredibly expensive because of, of the pet boarding I have to bring my daughter take her out of school um you know and then she's you know she's not going to be so like we went to, we were a special guest at san diego last year which was fun um which however
0: well lead on to yeah
1: we were we we got in on like the wednesday um i mean we spent a lot of time in the pool um i had a bunch of panels with cliff and duncan jones who came down on friday and saturday and an image panel with Rand v um and then a bunch of people who didn't show up <laughs> Um, and then Sunday, you know, like Thursday and Sunday, we just took off and, and saw San Diego. I mean, I had my 12 year old with me like she's, I, I took her onto the con floor for 90 minutes on Saturday morning when it first opened, half an hour of which was spent waiting in the Viz line to buy Viz's special edition books. Kiddo wanted the Junji Ito hardbacks, so I'm, I'm like parenting win, uh, at 12, bless her. Um, and. Uh, 15 minutes was in the back of a, a, a an image panel and then on the way back we bought a stuffed animal and then she's like you know I'm done let's go to the pool and that's all she wanted like she doesn't she doesn't read comics she doesn't like care about Marvel or DC or superheroes I mean she reads a lot of manga um, but like the, the floppies have, and that's one of the reasons I do graphic novels is I've watched my girl child like grow up with you know the ability to read all of this stuff Just, you know, it's all in the house and she just like just you know no interesting plot is, is, is her no reading usual middle grade U.S. stuff with the ugly art and the banal storylines like you know um, and, cause, I mean she's reading Witch Hat Atelier like which is most stunning stunning art so she looks a lot of the U.S. stuff that's aimed towards her age group and she just looks at the art and she's like no
0: yeah,
1: like, yeah. Um, she's reading Dungeon Meshi right now. Just got into one piece, she'll be busy for a while. Um, you know, <laughs> but she's, 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 she's I, I love watching what she picks out. She got a um, book token for her birthday from her Nana and Granddad. And so we went to Barnes and Noble and we were wandering around the the, the the manga section with her and one of her friends from school and me. And I'm, I'm like buying like Homunculus and like, you know, the 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 and Blame and the, mon, you know, the the collected monster edition. Cause monster, Nokia is always monster is very much what taught me how to write comics and like how to create a page. and. So like, I, and I read it when it, cause it hadn't come out yet when I started writing, it hadn't come out in English. So I was buying it at Angoulême when I lived in London, in French, reading it in, I've read seven volumes of that goddamn book in French. My French is not that good. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, finally, as a treat, she can have it in English in the nice big edition. Um, nice. So I'm like buying all these books and uh, Annie Osano um, and she's buying like Dungeon Meshi and another comedy one. Um, but yeah, she reads interesting. Like she reads really interesting stuff, and like I love it. I love watching her read. But it's weird to see like how much U.S. books and especially U.S. Marvel and DC books are just, you know, yeah, not, like just not of interest.
0: Well, I mean, I've, I'm seeing that a lot of, of uh, not just of the uh, younger reading generation, but even kind of like as the evolution of readership is happening. Marvel and DC is very much more for those that can afford a five ninety nine, six ninety nine book, and the rest of it. And the rest of it's more okay. What we can afford and what we want. And uh, is is the the books that she's reading influencing your writing? Are you are you trying to perhaps do anything to be on her radar that, <laughs> that she'll read?
1: I mean, uh, I got to point out a couple of my books at Barnes and Noble to her and her friend, and 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 uh, and uh, the the, the um, cover blurb I did for *King in Limbo*, which is a a, a book, um, very good book, um, which is fun. It's like, look, mom, jump scare! Like there's, there's 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 a bad karma on an end cap in Barnes and Noble. Um, sold out of parasocial. Um, but you know, I have I I am working on a book with Carla Speed McNeil uh that's a um middle grade like animal adventure book it's 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 kind of like it's very kind of Miyazaki meets something like yeah you know, like like Rats of Nym or you know like sort of an old um Ralph Bakshi like Hayao Miyazaki story um in that there like there are, there's a lot of like real like serious peril um and a lot of like Significant emotional consequences, and I think a lot of that's missing from middle grade books in the U.S. There's all this very kind of like, let's do funny. I mean, you know, God bless Dad Pilkey, but like, you know, you know, and and truly, like the, the way the way to appeal to an eight year old, it's not hard. It's farts. <laughs> like, you want to be big with middle grade? Farts, fart jokes, poop jokes. Trust me. Like, just it's poops. not just <laughs> a year old. old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. British 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 50 plus. You we like
0: um, we, when you when you when you brought up on Monty Python and uh
1: yeah exactly uh, yeah
0: yeah
1: um, uh so you know but like and there there there's some real like low level like groundling humor in there as well but you know we wanted to do this grand adventure um and I've never been one that like really felt the need to do a lot of like super excessive violence like physical violence because I don't need to show someone's guts being ripped out to make you feel really uncomfortable in a book. Like I can do that with writing, you know, <laughs> like with actual characterization. Um, and so, you know, we have this, 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 what on the surface is this like rollicking animal adventure story, um, but you know, will probably make you cry in a couple places. And also like when 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 it eventually all ends up okay, you'll be like, you know, it's a journey. Um, it's not going to be out forever because Carla's Carla's um, teaching right now, and so she's got a lot of other things. Oh, they've got okay. a lot of on. So like, you know, we're, we're 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 like, there's two chapters out of seven drawn, and I'm. It's going to be like a 2026-2027 book that's going to come out by Image, but it's going to be a beautiful thick hardback again. Um, so I am doing that. You know, she, my daughter will be too old for it by the time it comes out, but it is one of those books that I think you can read at any age. Um, I sort of missed the window for like <laughs> actually having books for. For her, um, but that's fine, you know. Give it another sort of
0: ten years, and then Dracula motherfucker, or maybe okay, maybe five years. Uh, <laughs> that would be nice.
1: Predator, hey? She loved Archie versus Predator.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> well, no,
1: that, no, I get that. It's...
0: I understand that. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, a very quick observation then. Uh, when it comes to the uh, the books that you're doing, and you're saying that you're kind of like stepping into a genre which is just kind of uh, 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 cracking on. For example, like you say, you're talking about um, a book scrapper, which is just excellent. And you, there are those books out there at the moment which are the animal books. I still think with Dracula, motherfucker, you kind of preempted this whole Dracula explosion of books you were there first you you kind of you, you got there you- i'm not
1: the only one who's done something inter- i'm sorry i'm the only one who's done something interesting with dracula like visually it's like oh look it's a man in a tuxedo with a with a with a with a, with a velvet robe that has to smell of the moth like you know oh wow i'm like who cares like again you know it's yeah. like why are we just redoing these things without doing anything interesting with them
0: with the Skybound one, I can kind of understand because they were obviously uh, tying in with the Universal Monsters um, uh, le- legacy of it all. And I'm also a big fan of the artist of that particular book. But no, I get it, and I totally understand what you're saying as well. Um, you've got yourself um, a fan in the building. You've got to uh, Rich Johnson saying everyone loved Archie versus Predator, and he's not wrong. It was it yeah. was, it was an, a, an excellent book.
1: Oh, and also um, back on the subject of like of conventions, like. What people should do, like I know like the convention is like this multi-day extravaganza, but the number of people who, like we went to the San Diego Zoo and did this whole behind the scenes tour. Absolutely recommend it. Kiddo had a great time. Um, And we also went to Scripps Aquarium. Um, I rented a car so we could just drive around wherever we needed to. And you know, we we, we met an octopus. I got to hang out with an octopus, like actually like have the octopus climbing up my arm and my daughter, climbing up my daughter's arm as well. Um, you know, there's so much fun stuff to do around San Diego, and we had a lovely time, mo- mostly because we said, <coughs> excuse me, um, you know, we're going to limit our convention to two days, going to be absolutely there for it, daughter gets to go to the pool every evening with me because she loves the pool, and then we would do things for her. Specifically, the zoo and the and, and the aquarium, and you know, you've never you've never seen a jaded twelve year old as excited as you've seen her at the aquarium. Like, I don't know what it is about aquariums; she's like running from display to display, being super excited, and that was like delighting me as a mom. You're like, here's here's she was ex- she was an extremely jaded Manhattanite twelve year old. Like,
0: I, um, I mean, we, myself and the missus, uh, when we do go to San Diego, we go the week before mm-hmm. and the week after to literally. I mean, it's a hell of a distance to go. Out, uh, to California. Uh, yes. So we've got to kind of make a, a three week trip Exhausting
1: from England. Absolutely exhausting. Uh, ex- exhausting from the UK, you know?
0: Yeah, very much so. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the zoo we uh, do. Um, um, the first year we went to San Diego, though, um, it kind of got a little bit overwhelming on the first day. Uh, certainly for Caroline, uh, she got a little bit tired of being prodded and pushed and everyone kind of like <laughs> yes. So we took the day away and we went to uh, SeaWorld. Um, which was all great, and it's all fun, and it, like you say, it's all fascinating. It's great to see the uh, the animals, and uh, suddenly the uh, the the orcas and all of this. And then I came home and watched Blackfish. Not the best timing in the world to do that. Uh, that that may be that. Uh, yeah, that was possibly not uh, the the best way to go at it. But there we go. Um, so with San Diego Comic Con, and uh, um, I mean the okay the three questions i usually ask at the top of my interview which we're doing this backwards which is fine uh, number one would the question would be what beverage would you have it is talking con a cup of tea with an Englishman in san diego my tea's over there because i got so distracted with what we were doing my tea's over there gone cold uh, so that's that what would, what would be your beverage of choice on a sunday
1: uh, i mean we just got an espresso machine which i love like i i normally make filter coffee um uh, Tea, I'm a huge tea fan, but you know, things are so hectic right now. I actually need the giant club of caffeine to wake me up. Um, But normally, like if it's tea, I like uh, puer tea, which is a Chinese tea that you drink black. Um, And I like uh, green tea, Um, but um, not so big on Indian tea. Sorry, India. Um, uh,
0: But we got to. That's the size of the teas I go with.
1: It's, yeah. Yeah. It's it's Um, big. But the Nespresso machine, I just like push a button and coffee comes out and then it like gets rid of the little cartridge and I love it. Like, then the coffee's really good. Like, um, curried coffee is just like watery and gross and like there's no reason to drink it. But Nespresso actually tastes like, you know, a proper Nespresso or a proper Americano and I love it. Um, nice. And so I, I'm, 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 that that was my treat for the new house. I got myself, because they're like, you know, they're a hundred bucks. Um, I got I got myself the magic push button coffee
0: machine. Fair enough. Question number two I ask, going to conventions, obviously you get the chance to meet some of your contemporaries, some of your idols perhaps. Has there been any situation where you've been to a convention or been to an event and you've found yourself a bit weak at the knees, a bit starstruck? Is there any of those moments where you stick in your head?
1: not really I'm I'm you know uh, I mean I you know I I I find parasocial relationships so odd I wrote a horror book about them so like maybe I'm not the right person to ask about this um you know I you know I think I've I've because I came in from you know working with big indie music acts on the directing side you know like I've I've directed videos for, for for Black Francis I've directed videos for Los Campesinos, I've directed videos for, I don't know, like just, you know, tons of bands. Um, Jonah's Police Woman, like, you know, I, I'm so used to being in a working relationship with people and or and also I mean, very early on in my career, I was working with like Billson and Kevitz and, and folks like that. So, uh, you know, I I, I, there's, I don't think I've ever met anyone who I've been like, oh, wow, you know, it's, it's just, I just kind of take people as they are um, and, I don't feel the need. I, I don't feel the need to actually like just go and touch somebody like they're at a zoo. Like I don't the, the whole photo op thing. I I don't get it. Like if I admire somebody's work on screen, I'm quite happy just to continue admiring it and not actually meet them. Um, so I'm not the person who ever. I don't take advantage of opportunities to go meet people at conventions that I don't know unless there's like a a, a business reason or we're like we're just in the same cocktail bar and like we've naturally followed the talking. So. You know, if I, anything,
0: you're using the convention as a, it's a convention, it's a work convention, it's a work environment, it's there to network, and yeah, okay, I can understand that. And question number three, I usually, oh, we're kind of switching up other questions uh, this time around, this season round. and question number three is, at a convention, if you do get the chance to step away from the panels, or the various uh, meetings that you get the chance to, or, have to uh, squeeze into that weekend. Where would you be found on a convention floor? Where would you like to kind of like gravitate towards? Is it Artist Alley? Is it the illustrators? Is it any of the comic I mean, retailers perhaps?
1: I usually take a stroll in an Artist Alley if Artist Alley is nice. Like back when Artist Alley was in Javits North and it had air and light, um, that would be where i go just to catch up with people face-to-face that I've worked with in the past or I want to work with. Um, I won't go to downstairs Artist Alley in New York Comic Con anymore, like, no, that's gross. And also the bathroom queues are really long, so like, forget that. Um, so if Artist Alley is nice and reasonable, I'll go there. But these days I tend to go in, do my panels, do my signings and leave. Um, right. If it's an away convention and it's a nice weather, I'll probably, you know, and my daughter's there, will be at the pool because she loves the pool. Um... But no, I don't really stick around. It's, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like the worst person to interview for this because I, I go, I do my thing, I leave. Hey, listen,
0: I, I mean, it's, it's the reason why I go to San Diego the week before and the week after. The, San Diego is a really nice place. Um, it's great to kind of step away from the convention and uh, kind yes. of explore. Yes. I get it. I do, I do get it. Listen, I want to say thank you so much indeed for coming on and uh, talking about, I mean, it's been great to kind of get your take on a little bit behind the scenes of uh, certainly, uh, some of the uh, production of the books that you've been put, uh, involved in. Um, I think we've also talked a bit, a bit about stuff that's coming a- a way down the pipe. But let's talk about, um, very quickly to wrap things up, um, things that are coming up now that people would, uh, I think, be entertained by uh, checking out.
1: Yeah. Um, well, out like literally this week, um, we're I think on episode three of my 11 episode full tilt boogie art in the in um the 2018 weekly prog. Um, you can get it digitally if you're in the US or in the UK and don't want the paper ones. Um, full tilt boogie is, is very much my love letter to kind of the Japanese space anime I grew up watching as a kid. So, you know, like um, Gatchaman and uh, Battle of the Planets. Um, star blazers which was the name for um a space battleship yamato in the u.s i don't know what, what they i don't know whether they, they shared the american redub in the uk or you guys had your own dub um, uh, no
0: they, we shared it okay it's, it's only very recently we, we're starting to get kind of
1: the good uk
0: centric but no we, we kind of got uh what okay. the americans got
1: yeah but i mean it's about a, it's about a, a, a a, a, a gal of in tea in the, in the white crop top there with her cat, who's named Cat, um, and her grandmother. And she runs a, she's essentially a space bounty hunter. She, she's like, she's got a spaceship and she like is fully imbe- embedded in the interstellar gig economy. Um, and uh, in, in rescuing a, a, a young prince from um, debtors prison, she accidentally restarts a thousand year old war um and then things progress very badly from there and she essentially becomes the galaxy's most wanted with this like super sentai force coming after her um and it's it's been a lot of fun writing on a really huge canvas and in a way where it's it's not everything is pre-planned so it's like very improvisational spur of the moment um and I'm, i'm writing the last arc right now and tying it all back to the first arc which is tremendous fun um and it's all drawn by uh, Ed Kanya, who's, uh, who's Spanish and who does a lot of work in French paydays and you can see it in his art. Like the, the art is fantastic. Um, so I highly recommend picking up that. Um, there will eventually be a collected edition of all of it. There's a small collection of the first story, which was, uh, this actually came out of Regined, Like Regine was a divisive book for 2000 AD, um, the, the, the all ages book. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of people... I have no really with it. Grumbly about it? Like, people don't... Some, sometimes people don't like new things. Like, it's, it's like, the thing, what's 2080 doing? And because 2080 has never been for kids. Like, that's the thing.
0: If you... I mean, I, I do a couple of conventions here in the UK, and there's one that's geared around 2080 and British comics. And the demographic is not up for change. Nope.
1: Uh, <laughs> but for some... For some reason out of all of Regine that likes Full Tilt Boogie, um, I don't know why, maybe it was just, you know, again, I don't write down to kids. I You know, like the, the rules for writing for kids are very simple, like no swearing, no blood, no sex, like fine, I can do that. We had to change something into robots so we could blow them up without blood, you know. Um, big deal. Um, but I think um, there, there's still like whole emotional consequences and there's there's a lot of horror in the story, like quiet horror. Like I, I, one of the things that really impresses me about a lot of Japanese sci-fi is um, the ability to have like, again, significant emotional consequences and just have moments of great humor and levity and then have moments of really eerie horror like in the same chapter. Um, and so that's that's one of the things I was trying to do with, with, with Full tilt Boogie and, and readers responded to it. Like I think, you know, it, it got enough positive letters that, that 2080 wanted to continue it and I've gotten three for you know the first arc, this second arc, which is my favorite so far, um, and then the final arc, which I'm which I'm writing at the minute, and there'll eventually be a big collected edition of all of it. Um, but that's been that's been a lot of fun for me. Again, you know, when you spend three years working on something like bad karma, yeah. or a year working on something like parasocial, you know, I mean you just want to do something different you kind of like want, want to do like a different even though my writing i don't think differs that much like i like the ability to try new things um you know bad karma is all set in a very realistic world like there are lots of uncomfortable conversations in cars um and lots of action you know parasocial set in a very small physical space and wow. it's very cla- very claustrophobic like psychosexual thriller um and then full till boogie like i have all of space and time at my fingertips. Um, so it was fun to it was fun to have that sort of variety in it. I mean, you know, you look at someone like Ed Brubaker who just who does this like really like I mean he's amazing at it. Don't get me wrong. Like this is not to just no. at all. Ed is a truly gifted writer and everybody knows it. Um, but Ed and Sean do these like noir action like violent action noirs and they just keep like he's 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 moisturized in his lane. You know like happy. Um, as he continues, I could never do that. I, I would just be like, oh, I, I, I've done the violent noir and now I want to do something with animals because it's different, even if it is also violent and slightly noir. Um, my cat says hi. Um, oh,
0: hello. How does he Mine, like that. <laughs> mine, th- mine, thankfully, is not stirring. He's He's over there and he's thank goodness he's not playing up tonight he's been oh, no, this
1: this this one this one will go on any video call like all my work calls they all know her my dog is behind me on on his bed I had to be brought in here because otherwise he'd be like walking up and down being upset
0: um no it's, it's you haven't paid attention to me for 45 minutes mum what the hell oh,
1: absolutely yeah like no, she, she um, <laughs> everyone also know how wonderful she is
0: oh bless but, oh my oh okay <laughs> Ruffles, ruffles, oh, gorgeous!
1: She and she knows it, ma'am. Do you want to get down now? You are not happy, are you?
0: No. Well,
1: apparently, um, I'm doing this call with a cat on my shoulder now. Um, fair enough. But yeah, no. okay. So, 2000, um, Till Boogie* was a great change from what I'd done previously, and then the book with Tom, which is a, you know, medieval heist book. That's different enough that I, it feels refreshing to concentrate on for a couple of years you know, the book with Carla is all written, the animal adventure story, which is set in the deep South, which is a lot of fun. Like, cause again, I've never said anything in the deep South, but she's from, they're from Louisiana um, and uh, and so they're having a lot of fun, including, you know, animals that they grew up with versus, you know, the, my, my Yankee roots here. We don't have as interesting animals as they do down, down in the deep South. Um,
0: uh. <laughs> You're getting definitely the, the distraction. This is this is brilliant. This is a, like Jaws. <laughs> i to keep doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, no, listen. Thank you. I'll, I'll let you get off and attend because um, I mean it's a it's a well worn phrase, but uh, it's one that I appreciate in the house as well. Um, Dogs have owners. Cats have staff. And I appreciate you are back. Yeah, you're back on uh, back on the clock, and uh, someone's really wanting you uh, back on the clock. So we'll let you uh, let get off. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thank you so much, indeed, for coming on. Where can people find you and what you're up to? Because uh, we kind of talked on Blue Sky. You have abandoned the hellscape, as is your absolute prerogative, and you're quite right to do so. Because I've I've chosen threads, but I have my foot in both camps. Where can people find you and what you're up to and updates for what you're doing?
1: Um, I'm on Blue Sky. And in, in order of like frequency of visiting, um, Blue Sky the most, Instagram second, even though I never post, um, but I, I, I do look. Um, and then X um, slash uh, Twitter occasionally just to check. Because I, I still have some friends who are only on there um, and who I like to see, um, but I don't participate much. And I, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not a subscriber to it. Um, But I'm on all of them, like the nice thing about having an odd name, I'm on all of them and as at Alex DeCampi, no spaces, all one word, and uh, you'll find me there.
0: Excellent stuff. Thank you once again for coming on very much last minute uh, and uh, talking to us uh, about the the books and your process. Like I say, a a huge fan. And if anything, this has given me an excuse to get Maddie back out and reread this um, because while um, I, read it when it came out, and I do read it uh, on occasion. It's been a while, and it, I think the reason why is because it is so, the, there's such an emotional investment in yeah. the book. Um, yeah. It's, It's. I'm not gonna say it's a tough read, but it's something that you have to,
1: well, I mean, we had, we had, we had people- Not like, steal
0: yourself for, but- Yeah, I, mean,
1: I like the, the, the people whose stories we told, showed us an enormous amount of trust, um, yes. And we worked very closely with them throughout, so like everybody saw their story at every step of the process. Um, so that they make, you know, they felt like they were represented correctly. They had, you know, they would had input choosing the artists. They, you know, like everything. Um, and you know, I'm really proud of that. I think it hangs together really well as an anthology simply because one person lettered all of it. So it, it you know, even though there's different artistic styles and the stories veer from like comedy through tragedy, um, and sometimes with this, in the same story. Um, you know, there were, there was this like foundational, like balloons are all in the same font. There's the same lettering hand throughout all the fonts are all the same size. Like it, it, it it's cohesive and there's that lovely interstitial art as well. Um, <coughs> so you can still get true war stories from Z2. You have to go onto their web store, Z2comics.com and then true war stories. You can still get Maddie, um, You know, I I would encourage people to do that um, if they want to read it. Uh, It'll probably be a year, year and a half before we get around to actually re-putting it out through Image. Um, So yeah, like if anyone is like, ooh, that looks interesting. um, All the proceeds from True War Stories are to charity, whether I can, whether Z2 is actually paying it, I'm not sure, but. um,
0: They better bloody do.
1: Yeah, Um, but they get a nice tax write-off, so I I can't imagine why they wouldn't. but especially with Duncan's film coming out, soon, the Road Trooper film, sure. Yeah, folks should folks should look into Maddie. Maddie's Maddie. they're both they're both books I was really really proud of, and they were done right. in the middle of the pandemic, which was. Mm.
0: And quite right too. Quite right too, Alex. Again, thank you very much indeed for your company. Enjoy the rest of your uh, Sunday, and thanks for coming on. I really appreciate no
1: problem, it. Leonard. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Take care. Thank you.
0: How cool was that? Um, yes, do check out Alex on the various uh, social media she's on. Blue Sky, like she say, she says she's uh, um, she's on the majority of it at the moment, and uh, hopefully we'll see some more updates for uh, uh, other books that she's got coming down the line. Like I say, uh, there's a, a couple there we were talking about, which I've been a big fan of. Um, and uh, yes, do check out her work. And thanks to Alex for coming on. Right, um, we've uh, lost our Instagram uh, crowd. Uh, we do try and keep the episode within an hour, but you know what? If we've got uh, Alex to talk to that's exactly what we're going to get the chance to do. So we are going to talk about uh, some bits and pieces uh, which have uh, come across uh, my um, uh, radar over the last uh, week or so and um, hopefully if there's anything you want to talk about by all means jump in and let us know um, if there's anything that you would like to talk about. Um, Certainly when it comes to uh, the uh, the news that have, uh, has cropped up, um, certainly when it comes to Wondercom, it's been great to see uh, some updates coming out of that show. We had this conversation last week, we had one or two people commenting that they were feeling that uh, maybe it's just not, there's not enough interest at the moment, There's it seems that CCI is letting it happen organically, or there seems to be no kind of like impetus as it were and it'd be great to uh, see them just take it up a notch we have had one or two bits and pieces that has uh, 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 come around uh, including the reveal of the rather excellent um uh, uh program book and uh, com- uh, schedule uh, the artwork uh, who's uh, the art- artist has uh, kind of uh, slipped my head, my mind who who on earth has done it it's uh well it's just an uh, of course has done the artwork on this Excellent stuff indeed. But uh, if you are heading to uh, uh, WonderCon uh, next month, it's uh, barrel, like I say, it's barreling down the pipe. Um, so uh, it'd be great to see um, uh, CCI really taking up the uh, the coverage of um, uh, WonderCon just up a notch, if they wouldn't mind. Um, there are going to be some things that are happening uh, at WonderCon. Uh, including um, uh, the the announcement this week that uh, CGC will be accepting submissions at WonderCon Uh, so if it is something that uh, uh, you are wanting to uh, really um, do something with your books and uh, present them in that uh, fine style of course CGC will be um, uh, uh, accepting submissions of comics Video games, home video collectibles, uh, uh, TGCs, sports cards and non-sports cards at WonderCon Uh, and uh, that's going to be happening at the booth Uh, so uh, if you wanted to uh, check that out go to uh, cgccomics.com for all of that uh, information Uh, yes if you are a hardcore uh, um, collector one of those people that uh, does their best to uh, uh, get their books uh, clean uh, uh, protected yes get yourself uh, to the cgc booth and that will be happening uh, live on the the convention floor in March, okay. Uh, what else we got? Uh, we do have uh, some information when it comes to WonderCon and your badge shipping. This came from CCI. Like I say, there's been one or two things that have been uh, talked about, but uh, like I say, it would be great for them to uh, really share stuff about the guests a bit more uh, and talk about the, uh, the the floor and talk about you yeah, just the, the the interest in the uh, the con. Uh, jacked up a little bit, but no, the uh, they have turned around and said on their to, compl- uh, to update your bad shipping address now. Uh, like I say, it is a case of getting the, your badges out to you, and um, yeah, do get that uh, through, uh, especially if you get to your badge bought by February twentieth, uh, which is two days' time. Um, you get your uh, badge uh, information updated; uh, it will be uh, eligible for advanced shipping. Make sure you have your primary shipping address updated by. February 20th, so you've got two days to do that, to make sure that uh, your badge is in uh, heading in the right direction uh, for uh, the March show. So there's that. And the other thing that did come from CCI, or at least it got spotted by a, a CCI fan uh, because the, uh, the, the page got updated and someone uh, started uh, paying attention. It is about something that's happening um, Yeah, February the 5th to the February the 9th, of course, you may have heard about this, 2025 for Comic-Con The Cruise, sailing out of Tampa um, on the Royal Caribbean Serenade of the Seas. Um, I was interested in this, uh, if anything, because, well, as a different take on CCI, and it is a full CCI event. Uh, so it's part of that whole um, agreement that was being uh, put together of uh, expanding the CCI um, uh, branding, whether it was going to come to Europe, whether it's going to go to um, Japan or Dubai or wherever, that whole franchise element of CCI. Well, this is the first thing that they're going to go with, which is the uh, inaugural voyage voyage of the Ultimate Fan Adventure. But at which point, we what's going to attract people to Something like this is of course the talent. So Did have a look and uh, I I thought what is going to be worth quite a sizable amount of cash to uh, Number one get myself over to Tampa and then do the whole cruise thing What would actually uh, draw me and then we see who's actually being invited Warwick Davis um, I'm not going to say would show up at the opening of an envelope, but the envelopes he chooses are particularly um, of a fine note. Um, and he's also a, a gregarious kind of guy. So, uh, yes, small guy with a big character. Yes, yeah, so it's good to have uh, Warwick Davis uh, uh, showcase. Likewise with George Takai, Ernie Hudson, of course, uh, from Ghostbusters. And his, um, st- his uh, profile is going to get stellar with the release of the new uh, film coming out. Mary McDonnell, interesting guest and a real interesting person to listen to. As a, as a guest as somebody who has um, done a panel with Mary McDonald and uh, have those uh, have her very measured um, answers. She doesn't speak fast or out of turn. She is very much somebody who considers what she says. Very interesting guest very cool indeed. Michael uh, Michael Trico of course uh, from uh, Balstar so that would be good to have those two and I can imagine they will. Have them on the same stage at the same time. And you've got Rob Perlman, author and industry inside it. I did skip over, but she is going to be the guest host. Uh, So she's been taken on board, uh, no pun intended, on the Comic-Con, the cruise, as the kind of the the premier guest on what would be their main stage, I can imagine. But yes, uh, tickets are available uh, to book now for this thing. Uh, So uh, you can start your reservation. Unfortunately, I've opened it up in another... Uh, window, but you've got yourself, uh, say, for example, one guest, um, you do have to kind of log in. Uh, thankfully, it's got my uh, username and password, but uh, you've got the likes of suites, balcony staterooms, ocean room staterooms, and interior staterooms. They are currently booking on the website. So if you do want to head to uh, the, uh, the cruise.com find out more, and uh, would be possibly in your uh, radar. Uh, maybe it's something that uh, you would be interested in. Have you been to a con on a cruise ship? I know that people are doing more and more often. CCI are taking on board. I'm going to have to stop saying that because that's just, yeah, you get the idea. It's something that um, they're taking on. Uh, let's see what uh, what's going on there. But there we go. Comic-Con the cruise taking on um, the uh, uh, tickets. And uh, bookings for that particular uh, event. Right. Uh, ones that uh, we're adding to the show. Um, when it comes to uh, things to feature, um, certainly when it comes to. Um, let's just uh, check that I've got the right one here. Am I? Um, no, I've, I need to uh, just uh, check on this because uh, yes, I've kind of updating uh, things that I'm doing over the course of the show. And certainly for uh, number one, it is um, uh, social media account. I want to say thank you so much indeed. I'm just hoping that I've actually got the window still open. Uh, yes, I do. it's down there. And uh, I want to say thank you to everybody who has uh, supported me on my uh, threads account uh, because I had a look for the first time uh, in a little while at just how many uh, followers I've got. This is live and I'm over a thousand followers. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody who's uh, uh followed me on the uh, uh the threads uh experiment uh, at English I really appreciate it. It is where I am making my home now. I know that we are sharing this on Twitter, hi Twitter, and I'm still going to call it Twitter because, you know, Xa Xtra doesn't quite work for me and certainly doesn't X ex, anyway, x.com. Yeah. Anywho, I am um I post predominantly on uh, threads, but so please do uh, uh, follow me on there. And uh, I'd like to thank the thousand over 1,000 people that have uh, joined us. Um, we've got Rich Johnsons who's watching. Uh, will Comic-Con Comic, comic con crud exacerbate on a Comic-Con comic cruise? You'd think so, uh, considering that when COVID kind of like exploded, it was the cruise ships that really kind of took it and ran. Uh, next thing you know, you had plague ships coming into port and it was yeah you'd think Um, but um, the one thing uh, that you you learn from being on a cruise uh, and I have is it's all very much like an aircraft carrier in that everything is very processed Um, if you are going to catch something it's because there is a lot of people moving around a a ship in close quarters but there's a lot of air air con and it's it, it there's pros and cons to this particular exercise, who knows? Um, I I think anyone who's very much taking that statement seriously, will CONCRUD exacerbate on a a Comic-Con cruise? Have a look at, um, there are are a couple of websites out there which talk about health outbreaks on cruises and chart the the evidence that's uh, happening. I'm not going to uh, point you in the direction of certain sites, but they are there. See what the numbers are actually like and whether it's uh, something that attending a con on a a cruise ship is actually something that would uh, appeal to you.